0: Welcome to T3. Today, tomorrow's technologies. Your host is Jose Negron. We take the guesswork out of technological jargon so that you know what's next, why it's great or not so great, and how you can benefit from it by learning about it early. Now, here is Jose Negron.
1: Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Hoseni Grone, on Voice America on the Variety Channel. We're hosting the leading technology show, T3, today, tomorrow's technologies, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or noon East Coast Time. Let me say that uh, you can also catch us on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday mornings and evenings. Please go to the voiceamerica.com and check out the Variety Channel, T3. As always, I'd like to thank the audience. We keep growing on our U.S. market and as well as our international. I am pleased to announce we're up to about 14 different countries. It, it amazes me every time I look at the statistics about our show. But uh, I have a very special guest today. Uh, his name is Michael Rez- Razavi, and Michael is a U.S. patent uh, independent consultant. And we're going to talk about today's show, The Need for Intellectual Property Protection. This is a subject that uh, we've been talking about on the show about different products and the need for you, the inventor, the creator, uh, the technologist. You really need to take a look at what you're doing and how you're building the widget, but the protection of that widget or that technology. As always, uh, as a reminder, the reason we have the T3 program is to integrate our scientific and our engineer innovation innovators with our non-techie audience. Uh, this is our formula for success, uh, just a discussion, what's important about the technology, how does that technology improve our lifestyle, and the benefits that we get from the technology. But today, I'd like to keep uh, our audience involved in the T3 show. Please call 866-472-5788 or email me at todaytomorrowstechnology at gmail.com. As I said earlier, we have uh, discussed a lot of technologies and a lot of innovations on our show, beginning with artificial intelligence, uh, unmanned aerial vehicles. We talked about robotics, cybersecurity, cyber products, radio frequency expansion, talked about satellites, rockets, solar energy, uh, space travel, space uh, activities. Uh, Just uh, a lot of the automation, digitization, and finally, technology education. All of these topics influencing our society. Today, we will discuss the following questions and themes. Uh, Definition of intellectual property. Do I need intellectual property protection for the new technology? What are the benefits received from intellectual property? So, as I said, uh, today's show... <clears throat> excuse me, is the need for intellectual property protection. My guest today is Mr. Michael rossavi and he is an independent consultant on patent protection, intellectual property, and to be honest, uh, we've been working together on a few technology developments together, and I thought, you know what, Michael, there's a lot of folks out there that do not understand intellectual property, the need for them, why they need to protect themselves, and what are some of the benefits. So, Michael, uh, just a quick introduction, a little bit of the, your history, and then we'll go right into the questions.
2: And welcome to the show. Sure. Thank you. Good morning, uh, Jose, and good morning, uh, our listeners. Uh, I'm Michael Razavi. I've uh, been in uh, intellectual property field uh for uh, almost 34 years, uh, I worked with government, uh, U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, uh, I work with uh, uh, Commerce Department, different bureaus, and I've got experience with working in, in this uh, space uh, with other countries at the same time. Uh, so uh, thank you for inviting me to invite me to your show and uh, welcome to the show, T3. I'm looking forward to our discussion
1: because as you and I worked and helped different clients out there, you know the, the real critical question that we always ask the, our clients is, uh, do you have a patent? And why should they get a patent? So let's talk about the four types of intellectual property, real quick, and then maybe a little bit of definition, of what they mean, and then let's talk, let's follow that up.
2: Okay, uh, thanks, Jose. Um, well, one other thing I want to just start uh, in today's world, really, anywhere you go in, in our country or other countries, uh, the word innovation and entrepreneurship, just about anywhere you go, is known. Everybody talks about it. So, uh, what one of the discussion we've had, Why not talk about intellectual property? It should be pretty much in line with when we say innovation and entrepreneurship. So uh, with that, uh, as as you all know, we have four different types of intellectual property. We have what's called trade secrets, trademarks, copyrights, and patents. Uh, trade secrets, as, as you know, it, it's, it can be for just about any type of formula, any the method, any process, any system you have. If it has some business, it can be in a business world and commercially can be competitive, you can keep that as a secret. As I mentioned to you, uh, Jose, I'm not a big fan of uh, trade secrets because because of a number of reasons. Uh, if by any chance it's reverse engineers or somebody just finds out, you're out of luck. You have no right, protection right. on that. very limited protection with this thing.
1: And a lot of people think trade secrets, well, it's a secret sauce. I look at it as a secret sauce for the company. Sooner or later, it's uh, either through time because this has a limit on time, right. how long you can keep the trade secret. Or as you said, if
2: someone finds out, then you're, out of luck. Reverse engineer if it's lost. uh, We actually have a very known company that I'm not going to mention the name and they lost their uh, they lost their uh, uh, their uh, The ingredients, ingredients. they lost the ingredients, and it took them forty years to find out what their ingredients was. (laughs) So uh, if you lose it, of course, it's not written anymore. Okay, Uh, trademarks, as as a name goes, it it has to do. uh, I usually say it's who you are and what you do. Uh, It's about your name and logo. And the service that that uh, you you provide, so uh, that's pretty much uh, the trademark, copyrights, any type of anything that you do is if it's tangible, you can write it on the paper. Whether is a recipe, is a list of your clients, is uh, you can copyright it. Uh, it can be a software. It can be uh, again anything that you can put on the paper. And last is the patents, which um, among all all of them, patents is the. Perhaps it's the strongest uh, form of intellectual property you can get. Uh, It generally lasts for 20 years from the time you file. uh, For the patents, copyrights, uh, the, the life of copyright is life of author plus 70 years. Uh, trademark again as long as you keep paying you keep it alive you last forever and same with uh, trade secrets
1: so okay all right well that's uh, interesting there are uh, two, uh, from an intellectual property it, it's divided in two categories can you describe a little bit about the two categories that we're going to be talking about today
2: yes um, I, I think one uh, we call uh, uh, call the industrial properties that include the patent trademarks and the uh, and within the patent, we have both utility patent and design patent. And of course, as I mentioned, the, the trademarks. And then the second part is the copyright. Any, any type of, anything that you can put down, whether it's a music, is a film, you have a, a poem, uh, you write the story, you can obviously uh, copyright it. Uh, anything you put down by, by putting a C on the bottom of your paper, you're already in that space. But you have not protected registered it. Exactly. Yeah, so, Protect
1: it a little bit. And, yes. Well, let's talk about rights because <laughs> I keep hearing I've got this right, I've got that right. And especially now with the political campaigns going on, what rights do
2: I have with uh, property protection? Uh, well, uh, let me use that, an example, uh, Jose. Uh, imagine you go buy a property mm-hmm. and then somebody moves into your property. and And how do you prove that you own that property? Yeah, you get a title. You get a title a exactly. Okay. Intellectual property is nothing really less than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, by going and and uh, via your patent or copyright, getting this certificate, it in indeed it would give you that title. To your whether it's an invention or you know you have a poem or whatever your intellectual property is, that's the right, that's the title to to your invention. So that's
1: the other thing uh, we talk about is a lot of inventors they're so focused on creating that gadget or the next uh, update uh, revolution and they have their little um, intellectual property as far as they're building that gadget. Why is it important for them to start thinking about intellectual property protection? Right. Because um, that's always the last thing they think about. I'll go get a patent later. They know about
2: it, but it's always the last thing. Yeah. Absolutely. As, as an entrepreneur, the inventors, their focus into is into finishing their design, bringing the product to market, right. whether they license it or they want to start up. However, in today's world, if you do not have that title in your hand, you expose yourself either being infringing on somebody else's or being infringed on, which basically means uh, the first thing I tell uh, the clients that you want to put together a solid business uh, plan and part of that business plan very much in the beginning, you should include intellectual property because without that you can go through the whole process, you invest your money, you can do everything else great but when you start and you've gone through and you invested and you started your company you could be 6 months or a year or two that somebody would knock on your door and then would show you uh, you're infringing on their on their special gadget and everything you've done it can you can lose really quick
1: Okay, and let's talk. Why? Why do you think people hesitate to think about uh, intellectual property protection? Is it because they're just, you know, they're scientists, innovators, and their main focus is building the gadget and making sure that it does what it tells? And they it's a lot more fun than working the paperwork. And is it costs? Is it uh, lack of knowledge? What What's
2: right. your experience? <clears throat> well, I think it's actually different, different, uh, different reasons. Um, one is uh, intellectual property. Has become substantially more complicated. If you okay. look at the rules and the regulations, we're talking about the very very thick book. Uh, number one. Number two. Um, they do not plan. Most companies, most especially in small inventors, do not plan. Do not have an adequate budget for their intellectual property, whether it's a patent or a copyright or or, or trademark, um, and. Um, so therefore, it just, as I said, it gets away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, now we have different, different groups. We have uh, university and, and uh, colleges, uh, which I've talked to uh, many of them. And one of the th- thing I found out the reason perhaps in most schools, uh, professors or the students don't go after intellectual property because there is not much incentive for them to do so. And some of the universities. From a student's perspective, because the uh, school takes over the past? Absolutely. Because Absolutely. It, it, yeah, and, and quite a few schools. They start changing their policies. So, if you come up with within the, uh, invention mm-hmm. now as a professor or the student, you own part of that invention. Okay, so there's some change. In there's that some happened. changes start happening mm-hmm. for past just few years. Now, uh, bigger companies, they obviously they they have many of them. They have their own in-house attorneys. Uh, And and they take care of their intellectual property. But smaller companies, and especially what I call micro entities or or per se, small individuals, uh, many, many, many of them have seen that they really do not pay uh, enough attention to their intellectual property and and securing that before they really either… license or or, or or
1: become a startup. Yeah, I think it's what we are facing is the dilemma of the inventor or the scientist because he's really trying to build his gadget And he's got limited dollars. So do I finish building the gadget? And then hopefully I can show an investor what my gadget does or my invention does or my Mm -hmm. technology does. And then I'll go get the patents. And sometimes there's got to be a balance. And what you're saying is we should have a balance. You need to think about it because at the end of the day, you're either going to be infringing on somebody else or somebody's going to be infringing on your invention. And where are you going to be? Absolutely. Yeah. Where are you going to be? So let's talk about a little bit of... uh, you know, some of the areas of concerns that you've seen both in your independent consulting work and some
2: of the government work? Right. Um, Well, one of the very first thing I tell the inventors is uh, when you come up with your invention, the very first thing you want to do is to go do a thorough search. Believe or not, many, many, many things that people come up with is already been invented whether exact same thing was very, very close. So by doing a solid search, they can find out where they stand. Um, if, if your uh, goal is to become a startup and you find out your invention already being done by somebody else, nothing stops you from uh, going to them and licensing that invention from them. Mm-hmm. And, and quite a few times, if that inventor that came up with it, if they're not doing something with it, they're willing to license with you for very reasonable price. So that's one of the very first thing you wanna do, uh, do your thorough search. Second, you wanna make sure if you uh, writing your patent application, you get the right person to do so. Uh, Because it's very important how you uh, basically put down uh, your full invention, uh, and then there is a section of the uh, a patent uh, application, it's called claim language, and that's where the protections are given in courts in case it gets to be uh, mm-hmm. litigated. And that's the part that's very, very crucial. Uh, you want to make sure you capture not only your invention, but also capture what you think you may be uh, the modification that you would be having in the future. Okay. So is
1: that more like the intent of the invention or the intent of the uh,
2: let's say the creation Creation and the modification that possibly you could make in the future because uh, because of your limited budget, you may be, if you design a specific, let's say, a desk, maybe you you, you want to put uh, one support for right now. Uh, but maybe in the future, you think of having other supports for that desk. So, if, if that's what you're thinking, you want to make sure you put that in your patent application and also in the claim language so it is covered in case somebody... Um, uh, try to infringe on your uh, application.
1: Okay. Well, just like you, I mean, I've got 40 years in, uh, in new innovations, new technologies, and it all surprises me as we uh, speak to a new inventor or technologist or a creator of uh, of a design. And it's always an intellectual property that's kept last. And I kind of understand it because it's a financial item. And, and in today's world, uh, funding for a new uh uh, new gadget is sometimes limited due due to either your uh, your neighborhood, your ge- geographic, you know, if you're Silicon Valley, B- Valley you're 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 dealing with the uh, the banking world, mm-hmm. and you don't want to uh, sell out. So, tell me some of the uh, an exa- or provide me an example. Tell the audience an example of some of the challenges that uh, you had to overcome uh, with an individual not having a patent.
2: Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, well. Um- uh... I've had quite a few. Well, let's um, do this, Mike. We've got
1: about a minute left. Let me summarize a little bit, uh, and then we'll come back and we'll start that story. Uh, Today's uh, topic is the need for intellectual property protection. We've been talking about four types of uh, intellectual property uh, protection, Uh, uh, trade secrets, trademarks, copyrights, patents, uh, the importance of having that in your business plan. Do it early uh, because sooner or later you're going to be infringing on somebody else or somebody else is going to be infringing infringing on you. I'm sitting here talking to Michael Rasavi, uh, intellectual property uh, expert and one of the folks I've been working with uh, helping scientists, innovators and uh, we've been collaborating and I said, uh, hey, we need to do a show that helps these folks out a little bit and and really there's, uh, I guess, three categories that uh, Mike uh, went over. you got the university and the colleges that don't encourage patents so much because students are obligated to get those patents to the schools so the question is is why should I fill it out? You got a lot of large companies out there doing their own thing with small businesses and they do fill out patents, but then you got the micro individuals. And I think those are the ones that are, I call them uh, the folks in the garages in mom's bedroom, they're developing. You know? This is the debate we've had and most of you've heard me talk about, do we have enough engineers in, in our society? Well, academically, we may not, but there's a lot of folks out there in mom's bedrooms or the garages or out there in the woodwork working on inventions. And I'm a a true believer of that. And finally, you know, why do you need uh, this protection? And uh, this is a topic that we're going to come back and discuss a little bit later. And we'll uh, summarize uh, uh, as we come back why uh, intellectual property is important for you, the new innovator.
3: Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
3: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight, or send an email to todaytomorrowstechnologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show.
1: Welcome back, folks. Uh, this is your host, Jose Negron on T3. Uh, the topic today is the need for intellectual property protection. My guest today is Mike Razavi, and Mike's a former uh, government employee of the U.S. Patent Office and Trademark. Uh, he's an ex- expert in intellectual property protection. And we've been discussing why it's so important for the new uh, innovators, creators, and technology developers to, uh, to ensure that they have uh, or think about patents and filing the patents. We're just about ready to start a story here. I cut Mike off a little bit because I wanted to bring it back up and and the question was you know I've been studying uh, the technology development over 40 years it's so important to have the intellectual property protection and and usually we think about it or the inventor thinks about it at the last minute because of funding requirements. So I was asking Mike uh, you know how do we get over that hurdle and why is it so important that they think about uh, trademark protection at the beginning and not wait until the end? Right. So, Mike, if you can give us a couple examples uh, what happens when you don't think about it.
2: Right. Um, I, uh, uh, when I was uh, with the office, we, we put together an office called Pro Se Assistant Program. On a daily basis, we had inventors, small inventors coming in and I would say at least the... Uh, 15 to twenty percent of them every uh, time we met uh, would have put something together again, same thing they have a gadget they 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 produce that and they start selling it and after, uh, anywhere from six months to year, year and a half, somebody would contact them and, and let them know that they've been infringing on their patents. Mm. So And then at that point, they call or they come to the office and they say, okay, what can I do now? And the answer is, do you uh, have a patent? They said, no. Okay. In that case, you. It's true you've been selling, but you've been infringing on their yeah, patents, and and there's really nothing you can do. And they, uh, generally, if if they get a uh, if it gets to be litigated, you know you have to pay uh, for the damages. So, uh, do you want to take care of this in the beginning or or later by by, by putting together by putting together a. Um, 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 By putting together a a specific uh, budget for your IP, what it does in the beginning, not only you would uh, cover yourself from others not infringing on on your patent, uh, on your IP, you also make sure that you're not infringing on theirs, So it's a two-way avenue in a, in a, in a sense. Right,
1: and you spoke way. earlier in the first period about doing a thorough research of the technology, the invention, the creation, so that you're well aware of what's out there in, your, in the field, the competition, uh, so that you don't infringe or someone else is infringing on you, right. but also have the patent application. Is, is there... I guess a middle ground These, because uh, I can see the patent guys or excuse me, the innovators and the technologists and the creators saying, look, all I need is time to develop my widget and I want to finish my widget and I just don't have the resources right now because I'm, you know, short on cash to start the patent. Is there a, some type of filing process that doesn't require a lot of funding or a lawyer? Is there a, a halfway point that uh, folks can
2: go to? Absolutely. Um, so um, to start with filing for a patent application okay. or a trademark or copyright, the filing fee actually is very inexpensive. Or the cheapest uh uh, IP system in the world. Oh, okay. Uh for for filing a patent, if you have less than five applications, what we call a micro entity, you get seventy five percent discount, and the budget it depends on whether it's utility or, or, mm-hmm. or non utility. Utility, um, you um, you pay um, uh, anywhere from four hundred to to uh, uh, or for uh, design patent, you pay two hundred dollars roughly. So. Uh, uh, so the filing fee is very inexpensive okay uh, the fee that really costs is to get an agent or, or an attorney okay now uh, we so have you would recommend least do that. Absolutely. As a minimum. As a minimum. Uh, do some study. You can go to USPTO and you would have uh, some assistance, some limited assistance available to you. Okay. Uh, it's That's called per assistant program, both in the patent and the trademark site. Uh, we have also uh, university assistants. Uh, some university have signed up. And it's called University Assistant Program. That some of the uh, law students, their two L or three Ls, uh, they would help you to write your patent applications. Also, all 50 states they have what's called the pro bono program, and their limited number of patent attorneys have invested their time for free to help small applicants. Small inventors. So you definitely uh, can get some. You have to go to those. Uh, yeah. You have to go online and apply. And if you get in, you get you get help. Uh, from
1: no, that's very informative because I did not know about the. Is it the Crusade Assistance Program? Is it? It's called
2: PORSE. PORSE. Per Se. P-R-O-S-E. Uh, was assistant program at USPTO? Okay, yes. assistance program. Then you
1: have the university assistance program with uh, some of the law students, right. and then you have the pro bono pro bono well, program at pro the state bro. level. Well, that's, that's very informative because yeah. a lot of the folks that I know, they just want to build their gadgets and they think about the patent protection at the end, but they shouldn't. I know they do the search. I know they do uh, uh, you know a thorough search because they're inventing something and they want to make sure they stay outside of anybody uh, or they want to make sure they don't infringe on anybody.
2: All right, all right. And the other but thing, they need to go to the next step. Absolutely. Um, there are three criterias to, to, to get a uh, patent for, for a uh, New invention. Your invention has to be novel, has to be new, has to have utility, has to work. You have to show that it's able to do something. And the third criteria, which is complex, it has to be unobvious over what was done before. So, and what is obvious and what's not is generally the examiners that work in that technology, they would let you know. But it's good to, as I mentioned, to do the right search. Uh, You can, of course, people do Google search. People do other searches outside. Uh, If you go to USPTO in Alexandria, they also have a search engine, which is exactly the same search engine the examiners use. And it's totally free to you. If you okay. go there, uh, they would they would help you. Uh, now, there are other... So, so,
1: if I'm from another state, I mean, you're talking Alexandria, Alexandria Virginia, but if I'm from another state, would
2: libraries... There or? are other libraries. There are uh, other libraries would help you. There are also USPTO now have uh, five other offices. Okay. Uh, they're in uh, Dallas, Texas. They're in California. They're in Detroit, Michigan, and uh, Denver, Colorado. Okay. So you can definitely go to those offices, but there are a number of other libraries that they have the same search engine mm-hmm. and you can go there and librarian can help you uh, with your searches. So uh, so you would uh, get closer to, to what what you're inventing uh, and to me usually I tell people when you do a search it does actually help you even if you find your invention as an entrepreneur you start thinking you learn the technology a little more uh, where the state of technology is through your right. search and by the time you find what what you're working on you also would understand what are the challenges in that technology. Uh, uh, are going to be, and perhaps as an entrepreneur, you can build on that and and maybe come with the next version if you find your version already has uh, been patented.
1: Yeah, you've said a couple of good things here uh, as far as uh, a technology is you learn a little bit more about the technology you're about to create because you think you have a great idea and a solution set because that's usually where innovation comes in. I have a need. And then the second thing is uh, you uh, discover the challenges that you may have because you're researching the technology. But more, more importantly, you're looking at the next version. Right. And it's the next version that we really want to look at. So let's, uh, let's go back a little bit and let's talk about, uh, you know, I mean, you've been doing this for 40-plus uh, years like I have. Uh, can you remember your first patent case and what happened there?
2: Well, I was an examiner. I remember the very first uh, patent case. I, uh, I, uh, it, even though with all the training I got, I still was lost. I had no idea what I was doing. However, after doing a thorough search, I found the exact invention. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, the case, what we call, was abandoned. Uh, so the, the applicant basically gave up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the lessons to me was always applicant, if you don't do the right search, you're going to go through all the expenses, all the hassle of basically filing, going through the documentation. Yeah. If you get an attorney and an agent, uh, which I highly recommend, you go through all that expenses. And your case is not going to be granted. You're not going to mm-hmm. not going to have a patent. So it's much better to at least do the initial search and do the uh, to find out how close you are and how novel your your invention or on obvious is. Uh, so that was that was a lesson that. Uh, 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 you know, I, I I try to convey to yeah, as, yeah, yeah. you know as the applicant. No,
1: I'm I, I'm company. smiling here yeah. because as a new person in any job, right. and you go to school, you get trained, and you feel qualified at the time. Then you get your first case, and then you start thinking, oh my goodness, did I did I learn everything I needed to learn? Is that hesitant, and then when you get into it and you, and you let your expertise start uh, blossoming, uh, then you realize, oh yeah, I, I can do this job. It, it's it's interesting. Uh, it's the human dynamics that I right. always uh, find interesting. Okay. Uh, what are some of the minefields in, in intellectual properties um, You know that people see or do or hear or basically do? And I think the number one thing is not searching, not filing, right. not asking for
2: their trademark. Uh, those are kind of the basics, I think. Right, right. Um, well, you know, the patent application, as I mentioned, has to be written in a right way. Okay. It has to be what we call has to be uh, defined, it has to, it cannot be indefinite, it cannot be vague. So, that's one lesson. The next lesson, uh, your, there is a section of your patent, is called claim language, and you can have as many as claim you want, obviously, but the claim language, if your case gets to be litigated. Anybody else that's going to infringe, they're going to look at those claim language and that's going to be the scope of your invention. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do, uh, and of course, if you if you have a representative, you have an agent attorney, they know they want to write those claim language that is broad enough to cover your invention and narrow enough, narrow enough to cover your invention and broad enough that would exclude others. So it gets around uh, uh, others that if they're going to come to your space and try to to modify. Uh, so that's a really a delicate way to to write those language in mm-hmm. the claim language. And uh, if you're a, if you're an inventor, I say definitely seek help, especially when it comes to the claim language. That's very 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 important. So,
1: so um, you know from uh, intellectual property protection. At least some of the folks uh, they they they're they're afraid of the system. So I think through in our discussion today, I mean I, I feel a lot easier. Uh, one is uh, do the search, uh, get the patent application. You have help through uh, universities. Uh, you have help through the proposed uh, assistance case. you pro bono case. Uh, you need to look at uh, either hiring somebody or really working the plain language of your technology, mm-hmm. and then of course the ability to scope the new technology so it's uh, as you said broad enough to c- include your invention but narrow so that uh, others won't infringe on you. And I I think all this helps. I mean, uh, it's interesting because as we go through various technologies and inventions, the first question we ask everybody as we consult, uh, do you have a patent? Is it strong enough? Uh, How many more years
2: do you have? Uh, what are the other questions you ask me? Well, uh, you watched uh, Shark Tank, right? Oh, yeah, uh, what's, yeah. what's the very first thing the sharks ask? Where yeah. is your IP? Where is your intellectual property?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, I've had number of uh, clients coming to me. They say, well, I, I want to license uh, my my invention or I want to sell it to somebody. Uh, and I look at them. I said, what do you have for me? And they say, what do you mean? I said, where is your title? Where is your ownership? And mm-hmm. they say I have nothing, and I said therefore you really have nothing. Uh, so it's very important um, to to get that uh, piece of uh, uh, you know your patent and your trademark uh, to to make sure your your brand name uh, in today's world is is uh, it's through trademark you have that. Um, <clears throat> And, um, you know, as, as far as the patent goes also, uh, the other thing is, if you're going through prosecution, you, you mentioned some of the challenges, uh, quite a few cases initially when you file, it, it gets rejected for one reason or the other. Right. Do understand the system do understand, uh, based on the statute, you have so many months to come back and and respond to to the office actions. Uh, We did a study uh, years ago, we found that the small inventors, uh, good percentage, and I believe was close to 70% of the cases that applicant never got to our examiners because they didn't know how to fill out the right forms and their case, what we call abandoned, basically died, Uh, or if it went through examiners, when it went back to them, they didn't know how to reply, but again, so those are, you have to make sure if you don't have a representative, you understand the process, how to go back and and respond to what we call office action. Uh, So.
1: well, I guess as uh, as I sit here and listen to you and, and not being uh, well-versed in this subject, I mean, I know enough to get in trouble like everybody else out there, but go, go find yourself a partner or, or a consultant or somebody to help assist you. And uh, we've talked about uh, how you get assistance, but more importantly, uh, 70% uh uh, not getting through the patent,
2: I guess, uh, process is, is still right. pretty high. Right, right. Especially, it, those are the small inventors. Yeah, those yeah. Those are the, uh, the people that, you know, just, just start filing or that was their first or, or second cases. Uh, and the one that was one of the reasons that we, we put together the uh, uh, uh assistant program, so so they get they get help uh, there. Um, but um, <clears throat> so it's a complicated you know process. Um, uh, now there is what's called within the patent system. You you can file a provisional or a non-provisional. Non-provisional is, is a type of a uh, utility patent application that that actually gets examined. Uh, but there is another one called provisional for okay. a small inventor. Costs only sixty five dollars right. You basically jot down everything you have you file and and the office would give you application number And you get a very limited protection, Okay. and that gives you a filing date that's good for one year.
1: Well, let's uh, carry that discussion on a little bit after our next uh, commercial break. Uh, Folks, we're listening to our subject today is the need for intellectual property uh, protection. My guest today is Mike Razavi. uh, He's an intellectual property expert. Uh, He's been working at the patent office, and we'll be back in a few minutes.
3: on the voice america variety
0: channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time.
3: Stimulating talk. Gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. (laughs) VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to today tomorrow's technologies to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to today tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com now back to our show
1: Welcome back, folks, to T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. Uh, This is our third segment. Our discussion today is the need for intellectual property protection. I know sometimes that's a very boring subject to some folks, but it is critical uh, when you do your research to see what type of technology you are going to build, what innovation, what creations, more importantly, so that you don't infringe on others, others don't infringe on you. But what we're talking about with uh, our expert today, my guest, uh, Mike Ritz. Savi, uh, intellectual property protection expert and, and technology enthusiast. Uh, we're talking about why it's so important for you to protect yourself on property, uh, um, intellectual property uh, of processes and understand that process. Uh, understand that there are folks ready to help you through universities, uh, through the program there at the patent office and also uh, some pro bono work. So do not be scared about this. Let me foot stomp this. Do not be be scared about this, Mike. I'm going to ask you to tell them a little story about the timelines on the patents. Uh, we talked about uh, you know doing a thorough search, understand the uh, the plain language issue. But you, you wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, the process itself.
2: Yeah. Well, um, I just want to mention something of uh, uh, the our patent system, um, IP system is part of our constitution. Uh, okay. It was. Uh, Enacted uh, both patent and copyright in 1790, uh, and and trademark came later uh, uh, about uh, 100 years, 1881, uh, when it was enacted. But uh, one of the stories I have uh, is if you look at uh, so we're roughly 219 years old or so. If you look at the whole history of our uh, innovation and and uh, our uh, fathers back then they, they were they wanted to make sure we we were able to to get a title again for or get a copyright or, or a patent for our innovation if you look at the first 125 years hmm. uh, of our history in United States we roughly had about 6 to 700,000 uh, patents wow 700,000 patents uh, that was granted so it was less than a million in first 125 years Mm -hmm. Then you look at, you go from 1900 to 1950, uh, we went from over half a million to 2.5. So, about roughly 2 million patents were issued in the following 50 years, from 1900 to 1950. But look at from 1950 to 2000, we jumped from 2.5 to patent number 6 million. Wow. So, we increased by just about 3.5 million but from the year 2000 and what was invented in the year 2000 what was really hit the market something the I- that we're all using internet. internet 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 yeah imagine we went from patent number 6 million last June 2018 in June we celebrated patent number 10 million in the history of United States wow. which was a huge milestone as it shows in 18 years we issued uh, uh, four more, uh, four million patents, mm-hmm. and and we're predicting every two years now we're going to issue the patent office is going to issue about a million patents. So, so um, about a million patents per year. A million patents every year and a half. Two a year years. and a half. Let's so see. my point being, we are in that space. We're in the innovative time in our history, not only in United States of course, everywhere in the world, but something that all our listeners you should take advantage of that. It is a great time to go through this and of course intellectual property is as I mentioned, it's good part of that without securing that, you're taking that risk of losing your your invention, the right to that invention, the right to exclude others, selling, making it or, or producing right, right. it to others. So um, so I just want to give that little No, story. that was
1: great because, you know, for me, uh, I've heard the opposite or I feel like the perception is the opposite. You know, this is the engineer, non-engineer graduate from schools oh. and we don't have enough engineers. Okay, that's a, probably a factual statement from a degree perspective, but I didn't realize that. Even though we don't have enough engineers, we still have the innovators, the creators. And I think that's what separates the U.S., from any other country. We have the capability of innovation here. I, I don't know what it is in our water system or whatever, but we do have a lot of innovators. And I am convinced of that even though we don't have enough engineers or, or what we say. But the internet was a major uh, item in having about a million or so patent, new patents issued uh, in a year to two years. That's pretty amazing. And then, of course, celebrate 18 June, uh, 10 million, uh, the 10th million uh, the number, yeah. yeah, it's pretty amazing. Let me let's talk about something because. Uh You know, we talked about patents, and and, uh, Mark Cuban, I don't know if you know his philosophy. And uh, as you were talking, I was thinking about Mark in one of the Shark Tank episodes. He goes, Mm -hmm. God dang it, I don't like these patents because then you cover the whole spectrum and I can't do anything. And I think it decreases innovation, but I don't know uh,
2: how you feel about that. Well, you know, I personally do not agree. It's it's almost... uh you know, you go to to a uh, restaurant that they they have number of them in an area. Mm-hmm. Well, they just gives you. They own that space, and and one of the things I tell my clients now, I said you want to make sure you own the space. If you come up with a new invention, and most inventions, as you know, they're they're the small. Uh, improvement over what was done before. Yeah. We don't have, I mean, there are very few things such as, you know, artificial intelligence we have now, which has been in work, as you know, for 40, 50 years. Uh, we have big steps. So there are lots of small improvements, but own the space. If you come up with that invention and you make a small improvement, why not make 10 different improvements at the same time? Mm-hmm. Why not owning that space? And then, of course, if you want to become a startup, then you have more confidence that you you are the inventor of that specific you whatever. That technology uh, yes yeah. or if you're going to license it, most most companies that are willing now to come give you funding or or you know buy that uh, gadget from you if you have if you have five or 10 or 15 or more uh, patents or trademarks on this obviously the value is substantially higher so this is something you seriously want to think about I don't think it excludes others, but that's part of our system, especially mm-hmm. in United States, the ownership.
1: So, is the U.S. patent office are we filing more patents than other
2: folks in, around the world? Absolutely. Um, okay. Now uh, we have uh, we have five other big patent offices in the world, uh, Japanese and Chinese, of course, European, um, but we're still the biggest, and and Chinese, of course, they're they're growing very fast. Still, were the cheapest uh, patent office in the in the world, and uh, were still the biggest. Um, uh, they and um, uh, and the most exciting. I mean, they. Uh, so you
1: mentioned so Japan, China, U.S., Europe. what's uh,
2: uh, and uh, uh, China, Europe, Japan. And of course, us were the you know, the top yeah five, okay. five countries uh, in the world. So um, so no, I mean I I definitely I, I do believe in portfolio building. I do believe in seeing the next step. And where your company, or you know, if you're a small inventor, where you're gonna be? Where is in one of the questions I ask? What's your goal for the next five years or ten years? How you're gonna improve? If you if you have a in invention. Uh, I want to see every six months. I'm the one gonna come and knock on your door. I want to see you working on 2.0 and 3.0. Again, we're in the market as, as you know, uh, in in uh, if you don't have something new every six months to a year, your your invention, your gadget is gonna be old. So we're living in that space. It's same, is exciting, but same time is challenging so uh, and I, again as I mentioned you know the IPs, is they the whole part and you have to uh, you know keep keep filing and keep uh, uh, building building your portfolio on that uh, and I don't know if you know Jose uh, now they're uh, been at least for past several years they're uh, just like people auction um, you know different part of uh, you know uh, uh, cars and they have mm-hmm. uh, other now they're auctioning on, on patent portfolios uh, wow. their companies that they're coming and just buying the portfolios is not necessarily because they want to start with that portfolio and start the, uh, another company because they want to make sure they own that space so right. others are not going to come and, and, and walk into that uh, space
1: well that's uh, It's interesting because you uh, now you uh, brought out something on the international side, and it gets back to the, uh, what is it, the World Intellectual Property Organization. Uh, it, I guess that's the formal organization in all the countries and that have a formal patent process. How is China doing now? I mean, what, what is your perspective on China?
2: Uh, um, well, as uh, you know, as we've talked a little bit, uh, unfortunately, uh, the piracy has been going on for, for a long time with China. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, and I know quite a few people uh, because of, of um, the value. One of the question I ask people: Okay, uh, what's your goal again uh, for your this gadget that you built? Where are you gonna build it? And and I hear we hear a lot. They said they're going to China. Did you file for for uh, your IP in China? Because that's very very important. If you're going to be making it there, if you get a patent, if you get an IP in United States, it's only good in United States. If you decide you want to sell or make your uh, whatever that gadget is in other country, whether. Yeah, making it yourself You have to secure your IP in those countries. Okay, and there are different ways you can do that. But uh, but with China, you have to be very careful. Uh, again, uh, you know that's 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 a whole. We can have a whole show uh, just just on that. Uh,
1: so I've got three minutes left. Let's let's use the first two minutes on uh, some funny stories or some uh, uh, you know things that happened to you in the patent office that you go, oh, I've learned something. Like the first one, you know as a, uh, your first job as the examiner. Are there any other stories like that that you'd like to share with the audience? Well,
2: um, you know, <laughs> one of uh, one of the things, as I said, uh, 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 we uh, I, I work in different offices. I've worked with uh, uh, different level executives, both uh, within my USPTO and, and uh, the other part of government. Uh, one of the challenging parts has been for me to make sure to keep up with the latest policy, with the latest change of, uh, especially with, with intellectual property, we get different decisions coming back from different level, whether it's a federal court, different level courts, federal or Supreme Court, and to be updated, to, to, uh, to see the changes and see which direction. And uh, software uh, patents uh, has been uh, one of the challenges. We've had a number of Supreme Court decisions for the past several years. Uh, and might believe his uh, USB has done a great job uh, handling and and uh, uh, changing uh, uh, their their policy based on uh, uh, but you know the funny the, the funny I guess uh, uh, story I can tell you when I work in the pro se program, I had small inventors coming in. and almost once a month, I had something just walk in without any papers or anything. They just come in. Uh, and they feel like they went to DMV uh, to to get yeah, their yeah. driving license. They come in. They said, "Okay, I'm here to get my patent." Right. And right. I'm just like, "What? So what? What paper should I fill out to to get my patent?" So yeah. that's kind of funny. And, and that just showed me they don't really understand yeah, the process. The lack and, of
1: knowledge, the importance, uh, or lack of knowledge really. And 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 to be honest with you. I mean, until our segment today, I think most inventors out there, uh, if it wasn't uh, funding to do the patent and, and the ability to know somebody who could help them work with the patent, it's always been the fear. Absolutely, of the process Absolutely, and hopefully today folks uh, we've got about a minute left so let me just summarize our, our uh, topic today is the need for intellectual property I've been uh, talking with our guest Mike Rosavi here he's an independent consultant and of course we've been working uh, a few uh, um, technology together he comes from the U.S. Patent Office he's been an intellectual property protection specialist and uh, especially helping new technologies uh, what's really interesting that about 70% of the patents that have been uh, at least uh, started have failed because of incomplete information. But let's not be scared of the process. Do your research. Uh, understand what the patent application process is. You you have uh, assistance out there, uh, so take advantage of that. and And initial filing is about four hundred or so dollars. So really understand that process because it's important to you. Uh, this is your host Jose Groen on the T Three Show, the Lead Technology Show. Today, tomorrow's technology. We've been covering a uh, lots of uh, uh, information on intellectual property protection. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, the show today because it's something that you need to keep in mind as you, the inventor, the technologist, the creator. You have to start thinking about uh, intellectual property protection from the very beginning from your business plan. I know we run out of money. I know the money goes into the development, but start thinking about it. And for $400, at least start protecting it. I'd like to thank uh, D. Daniels, my executive producer, and also Alexandria Loreno, who is my personal assistant, and we'll welcome the audience to go to our T3 show next week. It will bring up another important intellectual property technology show down the road, uh, because I think we can get into more specifics on this. But join us next week for the next technology show. This is your host, Jose Negron. Until the next time, goodbye.
0: Thank you for listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. We hope you'll join your host, Jose Negron for another exciting program next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your week.